Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to the Oraculos True Divination Podcast, where I bring you ancient wisdom from the modern mystic. I'm your host, Michael A. Bryan, and joining me today is my dear astrological sister, Ms. Jessica Lanyadu. Jessica, thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here, and I'm so excited to just have an excuse to spend time. So... Thank you, and it's so good to see you. It's super amazing <laughs> to see you. And Jessica, you and I, we have quite a bit to go into today, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to this. I've been looking forward to this for quite a while. But before we go there, for those of you who this is your first time joining us here on the Oraculos True Divination Podcast, this is a podcast where I bring you interviews from astrologers from around the world who aren't just changing their own lives through their astrological practice but they're also actively changing the landscape of this astrology that we know and love. So if you want to be a part of the magic and the momentum that we're building here on the Oraculos True Divination Podcast, give yourself a moment, go down below, hit the like button because you already know you're going to love this video, as well as hit on the subscribe button. And next to the subscribe button is that notification bell. You definitely want to hit the notification bell so that you can be notified of when I bring you these podcasts each and every week. Now, Jessica, <sighs> I, I feel as if our thing is private encounters. <laughs> like, like it that. really is. It really is. Like that's where you and I connect best. That's where you and I first connected. And I mean, there's something so nostalgic about being here and connecting with you now, because the last time you and I were together privately was absolutely positively a, a moment outside of time, and it was pure magic. So wow, thank it you. It was. It was pure magic. I mean. This might sound different than it really was, but I've been going to astrology conferences for, I don't know, like 15 plus years, and you are the only person I've ever invited back to my room. Now, it do, it's not like that, you know, it's, it, it was very gay, it was very <laughs> chaste, very chaste, but we had such a magical, special reading exchange. Yes. And yes. it was, it was just really, it was, I don't know, it was, it, like you said, it's just magical. It was. And not to be a complete snob, which, <laughs> which, which I don't... Which both may be a little bit <laughs> right, when it you comes know, like, to this. Precisely, yeah. because the two of us, we have Saturn issues, and that's a yes. wonderful thing, because it, it yes. makes us practical. And it also, I think, makes us really good at what we do, because we are our own... I, I don't know if I want to say worst enemy, but we are our own taskmaster, I think. Yes, so, Agreed. Anywho, uh, but what's really special for me about how we met is that I actively and vehemently guard the reading spaces that I share with other people. And I never get read by anyone else. I, I, have, I can count on literally two fingers the amounts of times that I've received readings from other people, and you were one of those people. So <sighs> literally... Honestly, from the bottom of my heart. And I don't even know what it was. I mean, we connected in the hallway at UAC. And it was like, okay, um, you know, I give readings, you give readings, we should give each other a reading. And it happened. And I'm, I'm so happy it happened because it really was the sort of thing that my soul needed at that moment. And um, I'm so grateful. Me too. I never let people read me either. 
uh, especially not at conferences full of astrologers. It's not that it's like, what is that expression? Don't shit where you eat. You know, <laughs> I don't let people read me. It's the same thing. And it was really weird. It was really yeah. weird. Maybe this is not surprising anyone who's like listening to us, but like, we literally were just like, we're going to do this. We didn't think twice. We just did it. And then we both gave each other these amazing, powerful yes. readings that, like you said, uh, there's like a, like a really pragmatic and highly ethical way that mm -hmm. we both approach readings from my experience with mm -hmm. both of them. <laughs> um, and, uh, and it was really, it was a really special and unique thing for both of us, which was really cool. And it was especially cool that neither of us, it was like neither of us knew anything about each other. It was just yes. like we've been interacting for like 15 minutes tops. And we were like, yeah, we have to do this. This is what we're doing right now. And we were right. We were right to trust ourselves. So that was cool. Yeah. Most definitely. And after that, you gave me a testimonial that is on my website at www.oraculosastrology.com. It's the top of my love page. And I literally have gotten so many readings from people who want to get a reading from the person who has a testimonial from Jessica Lanyadu. So I mean, <laughs> I mean That's awesome. you are the gift that keeps on giving. So thank you so much for being a part of that entire experience for me. Absolutely. Thank you. That's sweet. <laughs> now, Jessica, there are so many things I want to dive into, like, automatically, because I think that's also the nature of our connection. But before we even go there, I want to give you the opportunity to tell us who you are and where is it you're actually coming from pre-astrology and what led you to being so deeply involved in astrology today? Uh, okay. So... I am, first of all, just like very physically speaking, because of course I'm a Capricorn, such a literalist. I'm in Oakland, California right now. I've been in the San Francisco, Oakland Bay area since 1994 um, by way of Montreal, Quebec. I'm Canadian. I'm Canadian. Um, and uh, I moved to San Francisco in 94 to be an astrologer. And I had jobs, uh, like two or three maybe three or four jobs um, while building my astrology practice in the 1990s. Um, and at that time, um, it was always, it was always to support my work as an astrologer. And, you know, the last job that I had, which we were kind of talking about before we started recording, um, I worked with developmentally disabled adults and seniors. I've worked with children as well. I've worked, I've worked with children a lot. Um, and I loved that work. And if I didn't, choose to be an astrologer, I, I would probably still be doing that work. Um, so for me, you know, at this point of my life that I'm in, I would say everything that I've done for money uh, and in general has all added up to be an essential part of my consulting practice, my astrological practice. Um, you know, I, there's so many ways I could answer this question. And I don't want to like over, you know, give too much boring information or whatever. But um, a very important part of my experience of being an astrologer is that I kind of like, when I moved to San Francisco, I became part of these astrological communities. And the reason why I moved to the SF is because there were astrological communities in the 1990s, which is like, you know, I don't know a lot of cities that have material, like physical communities, right? Um, of astrologers. So I, I was a part of these and they were almost exclusively white. They were much older. They were almost exclusively straight people. And I, 
I just eventually felt like I couldn't, I couldn't be there anymore. Like it wasn't resonating for me. It wasn't, it wasn't where I met. It just wasn't right for me. Um, and I then was just like, oh, I'll just do this on my own. And because the internet wasn't a thing, because it wasn't social media, I wasn't comparing myself to other people. You know, I got to learn at my own pace. I had no expectations about what my practice needed to look like or what my career needed to look like. And I worked with a really diverse demographic of people. And within that, I centered looking at immigration issues, class issues, sexuality, trauma, um, and really that informed how I use astrology. I kind of, as a, as a, like, as a person from the demographic I'm from, I used all these like old school astrology texts. And when I say old school, I know a lot of people are into like really ancient astrology. I'm not, I'm like old school for me. It was like the 1970s, 19s, you know, maybe 1950s. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, um, it was, it didn't reflect my, my values and my ethics, a lot of it. And so I kind of like repurposed a lot of what I was studying. And I really like, I, I was so meticulous. I would do two and three hour long consultations um, for like $25. And I would study for like three to five hours and I would take pages and pages and pages of notes. And that was how I learned. You know <laughs> what I mean? People don't do shit like that anymore because people are just like, you know, they're like going to the like two line description of things. Right. Yeah. So for me, because I did that, I was able to develop what I feel like are incredibly reliable understandings of the complexity of where we come from, of our heredity, of how it directly impacts our physical bodies, our spiritual bodies, our emotional bodies, our mental health, and then our choices and behavior mm -hmm. in the context of the world we're living in. And, and I'm really deeply invested in understanding astrology is a tool that explains kind of like it describes where we come from and even some of our context of where we are now, but we do have free will. We do have souls. And I'm interested in supporting people in using their free will to the best of their ability to uh, use their nature for their best possible outcomes. And, you know, in more recent years, because my work um, has really been like, I, I counsel people, I function much like a counselor does. Um, and because my work has been that way, I, for the, for the bulk of years of my practice, have really kept my personal politics, not my ethics, but my politics out of my, my certainly out of my consulting, and I still do and always will, um, but out of my also public work. But social media and the internet has kind of given me the space to create avenues of expressing my politics and my social values um, in a way that's not, you know, in a way that works for me. So that's primarily through my podcast, um, mm -hmm. which has been so, I can't even tell you how valuable it's been for me. It's been so helpful. And so uh, it's allowed me to marry different parts of my passions and my life um, to my astrology practice, which as, as a consultant, as a counselor, I believe my role is to meet people where they're at and support them in their expressed goals and not to project my values. Uh, mm -hmm. and politics onto them. So that's been a, it's just been a really great opportunity for me, especially in these really profound times. And for those of you who are wondering about Jessica's podcast, it is a ghost of a podcast. And Jessica, I know that you are over 3 million listens. I, I mean, how does it actually go in the actual world of podcasting? Because obviously, I mean, 
you and I both had this thing earlier where we were saying that we're too lazy for TV, but <laughs> but I think that I'm like too lazy for like a proper podcast, which is why it's so much easier for me to do this piece of creating videos with people who I want to talk to and then posting them on YouTube. So so first of all, tell me you are up to over 3 million what is it it's not views is it downloads or is it listens how is yeah it's 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 three we're at 3.5 million plays which uh, is actually not something i've said in public before just because i don't know if that's like a weird <laughs> humble brag or something i don't know and i don't know like because it's a completely independent podcast i feel really proud of it and i've never done any marketing for it so i feel really really so proud and honored about it um and you know in terms of like how it works, no idea how it works. Honestly, like I literally have no idea how it works. I do know that um, I think it's like 70% of podcasts are listened to on Apple Podcasts. And there's like different companies that are trying to compete with that. But on Apple Podcasts, the show is like in the top 200 of its, of its category consistently. Um, so it's really wonderful. And because I'm creating uh, spiritual content, I'm in the religious and spiritual uh, categories. So I'm up there with evangelical Christians and like, it's all like Bible study, pastor blah, blah says, and me, you know what I mean? <laughs> That's really fun. It's really fun. There's like a few other, there's a few other like spiritual podcasts. There's astrology pod, the astrology podcast. Yes. That His podcast is in the same category. There's a few others. Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely like majoritively uh, like traditional religious uh, thinkers. And, uh, and so it's really fun, you know, it's really fun, but, uh, I, I love having a podcast. Like I, I love having a podcast. It brings me so much joy. I can't even tell you. And, um, and you know, I don't have to deal with how I look, which is great because she's vain. You know what I mean? So it's, it's nice to just like get on the podcast and talk. <laughs> Awesome. So Jessica, earlier you touched on some really important points that I want to go into at least a little bit because you spoke about this sacred ability to grow at your own pace at the beginning of your astrological journey. And I think that that's something so important because when I was 10, 11, 12 years old, getting into astrology for the first time, there wasn't any sort, I mean, well, I think there was the internet actually, but it was something that your rich friends had. You didn't have the internet in your own home. So I had to read books and I had to pour over books and learn through that experience and then learn by actually giving readings to people in my youth as well and allowing myself to grow with that process by reading books and giving readings and then making mistakes and then reading books and giving more readings and making less mistakes until I brought myself through my unbroken, dedicated study and practice to a place where I'm comfortable living in the world as a professional practicing astrologer today. But also what we find today is that there are a lot of newbie astrologers who are entering the field who I don't know if it's an internal feeling of being rushed, but I think that there's a lot of people who are entering the field today who are like, you know, so I'm going to take this course for one year and I'm going to start giving readings or I'm going to go on Google and become a Google astrologer and learn all of my astrology off of Google and then start giving readings. Like, what do you think you would say to the astrologers coming into astrology right now regarding 
the developmental process that's required in order to become an astrologer? Mm-hmm. A lot of things. Um, one is, I think that there's a cultural phenomenon for younger people, people who were raised with internet access or with mobile phones to make everything public. And so there's a way that people feel that, well, I just learned about the Hierophant card. So I'm going to give, I'm going to create an Instagram post about the Hierophant card. And then people are like, oh my God, I never knew that. And then that same person's like, well, now I'll teach the Hierophant um, when they just learned it. Yeah, exactly. So there's a way that uh, this is what is wrong with our culture at this time, um, that people feel empowered to teach something, they're just barely learning. And I do think that is a problem. Um, And I do think that when the people who are now in their 20s and maybe even early 30s um, hit their Uranus opposition or their Saturn opposition post-Saturn return, unfortunately, we're gonna see a lot of consequences to this across industries, not exclusive to our industry. But in terms of um, being able to share what you're learning as you're learning, I think it is important to, ethically important, to say, I am not able to teach this. I am sharing what I'm learning and I'm learning it from X source. Um, That is a really important thing. I noticed that this is a generation that talks about ancestors a lot, obsessed with ancestors, but doesn't seem to have a lot of respect for older people. And I feel like that's deeply problematic. If you are obsessed with ancestors and you don't talk to people in their 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, (laughs) or 80s, then you are creating a fantasy And that fantasy is disrespectful to old people. And related to that, if you have a deep respect for tarot or astrology and you are teaching it before you're a master of it, that is problematic. You know, it is problematic. I'm not going to say it's wrong, uh, but it is for sure problematic. And again, we have a culture right now that I think lends itself towards calling out and and blaming and being like wagging of the finger. And I don't think that's helpful, but I do think it's important to have discernment and to have um, kind of critical conversations about if I love something and I am impatient to share it with the world and I got an opportunity to share it with the world, but I know that I'm actually not uh, at a place in the development of my craft where I should be teaching or leading I want to be, I'm almost there, but I'm not there. It takes moral fortitude to say, thank you so much for this opportunity. Can I be, can I be tapped for the next round? Because I'm not exactly there yet. And that's not selling yourself short. That's giving yourself room to grow because I really believe that if we are creating a career, right? If you're creating a life path for yourself and you oversell yourself at the beginning, or you don't treat your craft with the appropriate respect, then the foundations that you're building on will not sustain what you're building. And, you know, I've been doing this, like we said, from since 1995, um, it's 2020 as we record this. And, you know, I've had people in the last five years be like, wow, your career's blown up. And I'm like, to you, it seems that way because you just found out about me. <laughs> to me, I've been plugging away at this for 25 yes. years, for yes. 25 years. And I haven't been impatient. I'm not impatient about it. I mean, I have my moments because I'm a fucking person, right? <laughs> but I'm not impatient about it because at the end of the day, I'm so grateful that I didn't have the mic passed to me before I was ready. Because the things I would have said, and I was a great astrologer at 19 years old. I was an amazing astrologer at 28 years old. Not to like toot my horn, but toot too. Um, I I know I was good, but 
if we are going to study time as astrologers, if we're going to be people who study time and counsel on time and understand the developmental stages of time, then we must honor age. Um, and for some reason, and I think there's like a lot of reasons, you know, which we can talk about um, or not, but I think there's a way that there's a vilification of boomers. There's a vilification of elders while there's also an idealization of elders. And both of those things are a problem. Idealizing elders is a problem and vilifying elders is a problem. <laughs> I think we need to be able to recognize that astrology, it, the more transits you go through, the more you can understand about astrology. The more years you have in practice, the, more, the better you're gonna be. If you're good at 25, you're gonna be fucking sick at 35. And if you're yeah. sick at 35, you're gonna be master of your craft by 45. And I, I think that there's this idea that I see on Twitter mainly from younger <laughs> astrologers, which is Twitter, it's not just about younger astrologers, being like, I won't let anyone tell me that I'm not ready to teach, or I'm not gonna let anyone tell me that I don't know everything. And it's like, well, you just told everyone you don't know anything if you think you know everything. Like I've had young astrologers be like, that's not how you do it. And it's like, no, honey, that's not how you do it. That's how I do it. We are allowed to be different. We are allowed to use different house systems. We are allowed to yeah. use different points of reference and think different people are geniuses or dumbasses. And the, the need for everyone to fall in line with traditional astrology or psychological astrology or whatever it is, is, I think it's hubris and I think it's a wasted opportunity. What do we know about astrology? We know that everyone has their own fucking unique chart mm -hmm. and it makes us our unique selves and that different uh, resources are going to be a match for different people at different times of life. And yeah. to me, that is the gift of astrology. Um, but it takes some measure of maturity uh, to, to get to a place where you can really be like, yes, I, 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 like, I behaviorally embody that. So that's my, that's my hot take. <laughs> I am completely there with you, obviously, in so many ways. And I think this goes back to our Saturn stuff that both you and I have. I mean, I know that you have your Saturn stuff and I have my Saturn stuff. But I think that when you come from that sort of astrological heritage that we come from, it becomes very unlikely that you're going to step forward without giving yourself 10,000 checks of, am I ready? Am I ready? Am I ready? Am I ready? And while at a particular point in life that may have manifested itself as self-doubt, later on in life, it manifests itself as being very, very clear about what your contribution is. And yes, I think yes. that that's something that a lot of young people coming into astrology today, they have no sense of direction or center of gravity and they have no internal clarity about what their contribution to astrology is. They just think, I practice astrology and you're going to hear about it and I'm going to speak it from the highest mountaintop. And I was having this conversation earlier today with a group of students of mine where I was saying that, you know, just because someone has made it in terms of social media or in terms of the amount of clicks they get on, on YouTube, it doesn't necessarily mean that they are brilliant at their craft. And I think that in the case of you, I'm really honored to be speaking with you because you have made it. I mean, for whatever made it means within the 21st century, you, you've, you've made it, but at the same time, you've made it justifiably so. 
Like you, you are where you are because of the level of hard work and trudging up the side of the mountain, the long mm -hmm. side of the mountain at that, in order to really have developed within yourself this magical relationship to astrology that is more than the sum total of the books that you've read. It's specifically you. And I think that that's what I love the most. But kids coming in, they see that and, and they want to be that, but you can't be that in the beginning. No, you can't. You need your 10,000 hours. I mean, that's exactly what you're saying. And you know, what I say to people is don't confuse good SEO for good astrology. The things, the websites that come up at, in the first three pages, not just one page, three pages of a, of a Google search are, have good SEO, which means they're companies with no astrologers on their staff or with astrologers on their staff that are not necessarily experts that are hired in part because of their social media presence. And I think yeah. we need to be more discerning and more critical as astrologers and spiritual people, right? And so I agree with you completely. And I also thank you for the great compliment. And it actually makes me realize I didn't answer a part of one of your earlier questions, which is, you know, because I have developed a private practice over the course of so many years with such a diverse demographic of people, I've counseled so many different kinds of people that are typically represented in astrology world, especially like kind of more OG, like older people astrology world, right? Um, I feel like it's a responsibility of mine to bring that to the astrological community. And that's something, you know, I, I have been lecturing within the astrology community for about 15 years, maybe, maybe a little more than that. And I, I don't love lecturing. Uh, I find it very stressful. Um, I, it's, I'm too much of a like hypervigilant perfectionist. I like spend <laughs> way too much time preparing. Um, and I, but I do feel that I have felt so far anyways, I think it's shifting for me right now for a variety of reasons. Uh, but I have felt that it's been really important for me to show up within the kind of like old school astrological community to share my different perspective. That is not just based in how I feel or my friends, it's based in field research. Exactly consulting many different kinds of people of all genders, all races, all ethnicities, all kind of like diverse, uh, like immigration stories and class experiences, et cetera, et cetera. Oh. I feel like this is a really important thing because the conversation, um, the conversations that we need to be having in the world also need to be happening within astrological community. And it needs to be a part of astrological thought and research. And that's what I've already been doing. I'm just not a scholar. So I haven't like created what a lot of what in a way I wish I had created some sort of like data that was easy for uh, people to go back and study. My hope is that um, my, my podcast is a is a resource that will build in that way. Um, and then of course I have a book, but it, it's just, there's really study is essential. Study is essential, but there's nothing that replaces practice. You need your 10,000 hours to be really an expert in fucking anything. And you can yes. have your 10,000 hours at your Saturday term. You can not have your 10,000 hours until you're 60. It doesn't, it's not a, just an age thing, but there's, that is an important part. And, and I think that it's not something you know, and I realize, you know, we're like you said, we're both very Saturnine. So I'm sun, moon, and rising all in Capricorn. No one should be surprised that I think age is important and that mastery <laughs> is important. Like, you know, I'm just like embodying my chart over here. You know what I mean? But I think, I think it's really, I think it is really important. And I think, um, and I think that when we, I think that when we pair mastery with potential, we get 
we get an industry changed. We get, you know, true happiness and, and self-fulfillment in your field. And, um, you know, anyways, I could go, I could go on and on about that, but I do think it's, it's worth, it's worth naming. Right. And this is not to discourage anyone who's young, like a baby astrologer or like a teenager astrologer and like new on their path, who's been creating like online content, um, maybe before they're ready or before they necessarily ethically <laughs> should. I don't, I don't mean to condemn or criticize. I mean to instead say, here's another perspective. Uh, and it's, it's great to be like, Hey, I've done this thing. This thing wasn't really an integrity. This thing doesn't really make sense. And I've shifted my thinking and I'm shifting mm -hmm. my approach that that shit is called maturity. <laughs> you know? So yeah. You know, yeah. Well, you have sun, moon, and rising in Capricorn, and I have sun, square, Saturn, moon, trine, Saturn, Mercury, sextile, Saturn, Saturn, sextile, the ascendant. So you and you, I... Saturn's your friend. That's why you love <laughs> old bitches like me. You're just like, you're just like, give me more Saturn babies. I love the Saturn, because you know how to work with us. Yeah. Yeah. I respect you so much. Yeah. I don't mean to brag, but I do have a Saturn opposition to my sun and moon as well. Well... There you go. I have, I, have, <laughs> I, have, I have a Pluto opposition, which is a completely oh, different thing entirely. Yes. So, yes. so it's about perfection and it's about mastery and it's yeah. about not making an ass out of yourself. In the world, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, you said that. Not me, but I agree with it completely. Yeah, it's about not. It's about recognizing that there's this thing called the Wayback Machine. Have you heard of it? The Wayback <laughs> Machine means if you're 27 and you're writing an article that is essentially mean-spirited and only 50% real astrology, you can never scrub it off the internet, honey. It's there yes. forever. So it's about recognizing what you put into the world on a spiritual level has reverberations, but on a material level will potentially haunt you down the line. Yes. So it's important to think ethically and to think responsibly and to create content ethically and responsibly. Because honestly, when I was 27, there, there wasn't an issue, right? Mm -hmm. Like I think maybe, maybe when I was 27, MySpace existed, Friendster, but it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't a, the same world. And, yeah. and I definitely, you know, thank God that I haven't grown up in this time because you kind of can't make a mistake in public because it, you can't erase it off the internet. Like you just can't. Um, so, you know, protect yourself, protect others from yourself, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and make sure if you are studying astrology that you have a diverse demographic of astrological teachers and inspiration yeah. and that you're not just getting your astrology content from brands that are not first and foremost spiritual and astrological resources. Yes. Yeah. Okay. 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 So now let's just take a moment to talk about good astrology because I have feet in two very diverse astrological camps. One of them is the traditional astrology camp, which I was born there and I was rooted there. And that means so much to me, especially 17th century Renaissance astrology. Like that underpins a lot of the work that I do today in terms of horary astrology and natal and electional and mundane. So there's a big piece of me that's indebted to that. But then the other side of me is deeply rooted in Uranian astrology. 
And Uranian astrology is modern, even to the modern astrologer, because not a lot of people hear about it. But it's as Uranian as it sounds, because it's completely this thing out of the ballpark. And that's where we get midpoints. And that's where we get composite charts. And that's where we get this rich German legacy of astrology on the world. And so they're like as different as night and day, but they're both functional and they're good, great, solid branches of astrology. And what I think I find a lot in the 21st century, especially on social media, where people do get caught up in brands or people do get caught up in identities or in lineages or, you know, I think the worst of all is when people get caught up in a particular personality, Mm -hmm. there's this resurgence of my astrology is better than yours and traditional astrology is the only way to go and then the modern and then the modern astrologers are saying that oh well traditional astrology doesn't know anything modern astrology is the only way to go whereas i tend to stand in this middle place of is it good astrology and does Mm -hmm. it work and are Mm -hmm. we all coming to essentially the same understanding of this person who's sitting in the front of us for a reading But people don't seem to think that way. So I want to know from you, Jessica, because I respect your astrology so much. I respect your approach to astrology and everything you do with it. But for you, what does good, tangible astrology feel like? Mm. You know, first of all, I disagree with everything you said. Um, (laughs) I really just do. And I, uh, you know, I think some some of the question is a little bit hard for me to answer only because of pretty much what you said, which is that I, I am not interested in scholarly astrology. That doesn't mean I don't think it's good. Thank God no. for scholars. I just don't want to hear them or talk <laughs> or read their content because that's just not my personality. You know what I mean? I'm way too Uranian myself for yes. such a thing. I get, I don't have the tolerance for it. I don't like, I don't enjoy myths. I don't enjoy traditional astrology at all. Um, and, you know, and I, and I really don't like it because I'm a counselor, you know, yeah. I use astrology as a tool for, for consulting. And until the last decade, when I started going to these larger astrology conferences and everyone was like, well, what kind of astrologer are you? And I was like, an astrologer? I don't know. Like what, I'm supposed to choose a camp? I didn't even realize what I was doing. So I used to identify as a humanist astrologer, which maybe is just like a little bit of a like me just throwing a word on, on astrology. I don't know if that's like a kind of astrology or not. Um, I probably fall more into the camp of psychological astrology, but I don't necessarily identify with that per se. Um, I, f- from my perspective, good astrology is rooted in recognizing the dignity in others. So let's start with that. Um, whenever we use, and this is this is like, again, I want to preface what I'm going to say with, this is my personal preference and not what I would say for people to have to be like, because yeah. I absolutely believe that there are many kinds of astrologers that are great kinds of astrologers uh, that serve different kinds of people who have different kinds of needs. And I want to hold space for that. You know, um, I'm personally not a fan of a lot of personal sharing and personal examples of like, my friends are like this and I am like that. And therefore this is what Leo's are, or this is what the Saturn Mercury aspect is like. I want it to be based in your professional, uh, educated, um, studied perspective. So there's a lot of ways of getting to that point. uh, And there's a lot of different forms of astrology that will take you there. But that's what I want. Because if I wanted to hear like a friend's opinion, I wouldn't pay for a reading. You know what I mean? So that's one thing. 
I am a firm believer in, um, in ethics. And I think an astrologer who doesn't have a clear set of professional ethics that is evidential in their practice is, it's a no for me, dog. Um, and then the other thing I would say is, I mean, obviously we want an astrologer to be accurate. We want them to not just um, say things that resonate and make sense. And when it comes to prediction are accurate in their prediction, but also who's not so busy grandstanding their predictions that they are right at the expense of being constructive. And this is deeply important to me, um, especially in these really trying times, people are asking me to make predictions about what's going to happen and it's not constructive for me to answer. And it's not constructive for me to answer in, in certain ways and therefore I, I don't because it doesn't help people. If it doesn't help your client and you're telling it to them, then you're doing harm. So if you see somebody is likely to have um, no relationship, that's your interpretation. Instead, focus on these are the things that the aspects indicate to make you believe that they're not going to have a relationship and you can constructively consult them and point them in a direction that they need to journey towards. It's not on you to say what will happen. It's on us as astrologers to say, if you do X, Y, and Z, it looks like you'll end up here. And if you do something else, you're going to end up somewhere else. And because we always have free will. Now, I'm not doing a great job of answering your question because I, I, I am just really aware, you know, I have friends, you, you know, including you, of course, who do horary. And I, I have consulted with horary astrologers and I'm thank God for it. It's like doing a tarot reading. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's like, give me an answer. Hit me again. I love that. I want that. Um, also, it's not what I do, right? So yeah. it's, there's so many ways of, of practicing astrology um, that I don't think there's only one way of, of being a good astrologer. But yeah. if you don't have ethics, and if you're not interested in being both accurate and moralistic in, in terms of your professional uh, presentation, uh, then I have a conflict with you a little bit. Yeah. I think at the end of the day, our astrology should make us better human beings. Yes. And if your astrology is taking you somehow into an ivory tower that's far removed from your own humanity, then we have a problem. And truthfully, this is something that I see more possible within traditional astrology circles than modern astrology circles. And I think that the reason for that is because modern astrology has really been rooted on this foundational soil of the human experience so psychological astrology is a perfect example of that and while there are many things within modern astrology that i personally don't subscribe to or i don't believe in i think at the end of the day it's still a matter of are we practicing an astrology that is one accurate two human mm -hmm. and that three broadens the parameters within ourselves that define who and what we can love and that allows us to be able to view all aspects of the human experience from an indwelling perspective because i think that if you approach every chart reading from the perspective of you know who would i be if i had this chart if i were born into this world with these sort of possibilities and potentials that are expressed within this chart who would i be you know, how would I navigate these waters of my client's chart? And also, if I were this client with this chart, how would I want for that message to be conveyed to me? Yes. 
Yeah, and that's and, and that's the human factor. And I think that yeah. that is really where our astrology should take us. Not so far into the sky that we're of no earthly good, but I think that our astrology should take us more deeply into the human experience of what it means to be a complete, embodied, compassionate, open-hearted human being. 100%. Yeah, I completely agree. And I, and I also... You know, my experience with traditional astrology is it gets into real gotcha stuff. It's like, I'm right, you're wrong. And, yeah. you know, I don't enjoy pissing contests. And, I, and again, I think it's, it, that's probably more about social media and about people who are looking to grandstand their knowledge instead of practicing astrologers. I could be wrong about that. Um, I certainly personally know traditional astrologers that are, you know, great people doing great work. It's just... Social media can get a little ugly. And unfortunately, traditional astrology is the ugliest place I've seen in the astrology world. Um, it's a shame because it's missing the whole damn point of astrology, IMO. But I mean, I think, I think that that's, again, it's like you and I are both Saturnine and we're also both kind of interested in cons counseling people yes. with the information we have. And I don't think that's the viewpoint of a traditional astrologer. It's like, here are the, here are the facts. I'm giving you facts, I'm reporting. And mm -hmm. for some people in some situations, I think that's great. And honestly, a lot of my clients over the course of many years have come to me because some astrologer said to them, this is who you are. This is what will happen. You are screwed. And it hurt them and it didn't help them. And I end up spending half of the session undoing the damage some other astrologer did. And I'm not saying they're traditional astrologers. I'm just saying uh, you can be right or you can be helpful. And yeah. hopefully you'll be both. But being right at the expense of being helpful is worse than being wrong. I am out. But again, such a counselor. So I'm such a counselor. So there we go. Yeah. I have always held within myself that it's far better to aim to be helpful than to aim to be the best. Yes. Because in the process of you being the most helpful practitioner that you can be, you inadvertently become the best because yeah. that is a part that is part and parcel of why it is we're doing this in the first place to be the most helpful to give the most service to actually speak into the life of someone something that's going to help move them beyond this valley of the shadow of death experience that they're yes. having right now and take them into a place that feels healing and a place where they feel held internally dedicating yourself to being helpful trumps internally dedicating yourself to being the best every yes. single day because yes. the one fulfills the other. But it's not that being the best makes you more helpful. It's that being helpful inevitably leads you to becoming the best within your field. Agreed. Agreed completely. And I think, I think that, you know, again, there's this, the, the problem with social media is that it fosters competition because it fosters comparison. And so, you know, you might be competing with who you think you should be, who, where you think you're supposed to be or with someone else, but it all comes because of comparison. And so I think that it's really important for us just as people and certainly as spiritual people and as practitioners to be willing to look at our relationship to comparison and to rein that shit in, to heal it. Because um, astrology, I mean, as a person who's dedicated my life to astrology, it gets better with time. It's delicious. You know what I mean? It's wonderful. It never grows old. There's no end of alter, like additional uses or practices. You know, I was just texting with uh, Tony Howard this morning 
And I was just like talking about yods because I get all these questions about yods because I think people are like, I was fingered by God. I am a God. <laughs> Tell me about how I'm being fingered by God because God fingers me. Uh, so, and I don't work with yods because I don't work with quincunxes. Um, and, uh, and he was like, yeah, there's no time like the present. I was like, well, my present's really busy. So I'll learn quincunxes <laughs> later. And I don't feel bad that I haven't learned quincunxes and that I don't work with them because there's yeah. 7 million things I don't work with because astrology is endless. And yeah. so, you know, I think being able to hold space for, I'm not an expert in that. I don't know that. That's great. You don't have to fucking know everything. <laughs> it's about, you know, owning it and recognizing like, okay, so that's something I can learn when I have the space to add more to my database. Yeah. Um, and I think that's harder for younger people to do in general because youth, um, because that's just how humans are. And I think it's especially harder now with the internet and like one astrologer is an expert in, qu in quincunxes and talks about the value of yods. And then everyone's like, that's the answer to my problem. A goddamn yacht. <laughs> now I need to know about yachts. People get really attached to like a single idea, you know? And so I think that we, you know, as astrologers, we just need to know, you can't know everything. You just can't know everything. It's not, it's yeah. not your job to know everything. And the only astrologers that I have known who are basically like walking, talking astrology encyclopedias don't counsel. They don't consult. Oh my God. Okay. Right? Okay. Right? Listen. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I hear you. I don't think they can hear you, but I hear you. <laughs> so my mentor is Gary Kristen, and he is, I dare say, the leading Uranian astrologer in the world today and he is brilliant at what he does but i was listening to a past conference lecture from him and a point he made narrowed to the end of the lecture was that the good astrologers aren't the ones pumping out 10 books every year you know because we're too busy in the trenches working with clients and doing the work where astrology is actually rooted to actually sit down and be writing all of the books. Now, I know that you have written a book, which I do believe within my heart of hearts is a brilliant book because I know you as a person and I know the quality that you bring to astrology because I've also listened to your podcast. But I think that there's a very real space where the people who are getting up to be the experts at things or the people who are sitting down to, to pump out all of the work, they're not actually the ones practicing in the trenches. And my astrology, as Saturnian as I am, is I need an astrology that has girth. I need an astrology that has thickness and that has weight and that is concrete and that has some concrete application to my life. And so I get very bored as well. I mean, you know, I think I'm on the verge of being thrown out of the traditional astrology community entirely because I get so bored at these empty conversations that are had that don't lead to practical, rich, tangible astrology. I don't care which Fridaria period I'm in if you can't talk to me about the actual relationship issue that I have going on within my life right now. And if your astrology isn't so practical that it doesn't allow you to see that that's really what's going on within my life right now, like I could give 
a flying shit about yes. any of these other traditional things and the zodiacal mm -hmm. releasing and the perfections and the solar return and whether I use the converse solar return or whether I precess my solar returns or whatever the fuck. Like, it doesn't matter to me. It doesn't matter. Any mm -hmm. of those things, if it has no ability to speak to the heart of me yeah. as the person going yeah. through the issue or the heart yeah. of my clients. Agreed 100%. You know, what I learned going to astrology conferences <laughs> is that I am not the best astrologer. There are countless astrologers who are more learned than me and who are much, uh, yeah, just who are more learned than me and, and get astrology better. They have uh, better foundations because they were formally taught or they had mentors because I'm self-taught. There's like a million things. But I will say, I am incredibly confident about my capacity to use astrology. And I think I, I, there's not a lot of people that I look at that I'm like, oh, you're using astrology better than me. And at the end of the day, it's a tool. I don't believe in astrology. I don't not believe in astrology. I use it because it's a tool. I don't believe in the internet. I don't believe in aspirin. I just use them because they work. And you know what? Sometimes I have a headache and it, the aspirin doesn't help. And it doesn't mean I don't believe in aspirin anymore. It just means it didn't <laughs> help with that headache. And the same thing is true with like everything. Like I don't, I feel really passionate about the utility of things. Now, of course, this is Saturn on Saturn violence, right? Like, of course, we're just like, <laughs> utility is the most important thing. But, but that is true for us, right? Like, we do feel that way. because, th And that's what we have to offer to the world of astrology. It is utility. Um, and I I just really am so, uh, you know, glad to hear you say that. I, I agree completely. And I think, I think what's, what's a part of being new at something is feeling the need to prove yourself and prove what you know. And that's fair. Um, hopefully you outgrow it and your knowledge becomes evidential in what you say and what you do. But there are some people who are more in the like scholarly theoretical world and that's just what they do. And I'm not, I'm not saying that's a negative thing. It's a great thing mm -hmm. if that's who you are and how you do is not fucking how I am. And it's not what I do. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I think there's, there is that. And I also think um, within all of this, I think it's important to recognize that as astrologers, we have power, you know, and we don't have any social power or political power, but we have the power to deeply impact people for years to come. Something you say that you might have said in an offhand way will rain in their fucking heads, right? <laughs> and I think it's really important for us to recognize that and to recognize that if we're so busy proving that we're right, that we're not listening to our clients, then we are not going to give them what they actually need, which actually makes me want to say something that I was talking to another astrologer friend recently, and I realized that maybe the way I consult with clients is different than is conventional. I, I have no way of knowing. But I want to say that the way that I prepare for an astrological consultation, if I can just like shift the conversation, yes. a little, um, I, of course, study and I take notes on the natal chart. I study and I take notes on the transits. Um, but when the client sits down, I ask them what they want me to address. And, you know, more than half the time, they don't fully tell me what they want to address for whatever reason. They don't know. Uh, people often ask the wrong question. Um, and what I then do is I talk to them about what they need to know. And within that, it will encompass the birth chart. It will encompass the now right? But if somebody's going through Pluto transits, I'm not going to make them sit through an hour of a natal consultation. I'm only going to focus on what directly serves their Pluto transits. And I think that this is um, this approach that I take 
requires a highly functional and integrated knowledge of the, all of the basics, right? You can't just do that if you're learning. That's when you do have to prove yourself and like give all the details, details, details. But I do want to say that if the primary objective in a client consultation is to support a person where they're at, you need to look at their transits and understand if somebody's going through tons of Neptune transits, telling them anything that could provoke anxiety is not going to serve them at this time. They won't be able to hear it even if you're right. It's understanding where the person is at and consulting based on the natal chart or the transits from that uh, informed perspective. It allows us as astrologers to be better poised to help them than fucking anyone else, except for maybe a psychic or a tarot reader, you know? So I think it's really important to, as astrologers, you know, cause I see a lot of astrologers be like, well, somebody scheduled a natal reading, they get a natal reading. And I want to say, people don't know what to ask for. They don't fucking know what you can do. You tell them what you can do. You tell them what they should ask for and listen. if they disagree, listen, if they want something different, but it's really important for us to recognize that even astrology fans who like study astrology tangentially don't really know what they can ask for. And I am at this point in my career where I'm learning to do that kind of like across the board to be like, you want me to do X, I can do X, but I can also do A and B. B and C and D. And I'm really passionate about G. What, do you still want X? And I'll tell you nine out of 10 times, they never want X. It's just yeah. the only thing they knew how to ask for. And so again, this is not something I would recommend for like people who are like still consulting books to read charts mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But if you're consulting with people, it's okay to be like, this is what you're asking me for. Here's what I recommend we talk about. We can do both either or, or, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that really does serve people where they need you most. So. so Jessica, to change gears a bit, but really staying on topic, I know that you have recently, or, you know, what do we even call recently? I know that you've written a book not too long ago that ties in a lot of what we've been speaking about today in terms of astrology that is real and astrology that is helpful. And that book is Astrology for Real Relationships. Can you talk to us about that? Sure. Um Yes. And it was, I mean, it came out on New Year's Eve of 2020. So like, that's recent, right? I mean, it's not recent in like Instagram terms, but it's recent. (laughs) Um, Okay. So it's called Astrology for Real Relationships. And this was a great, like actually an example of me being like, we, I know how astrology books are written, but I don't want to write a book like that. Um, So basically the book is about relationships, but my gay ass didn't just write a book about love there. It's broken into three sections. So the first section's is friends and chosen family. And when I say chosen family, I, I mean that in a really queer way, like your community, your friends, like your, your, not your partner and your child, but like your community and your friends. So there's a whole section on platonic love and platonic relationships astrologically. The second section is um, dating and hooking up. So it's not like we're in a serious committed relationship. It's either we're like doing Netflix and chill or we don't know if it's a relationship yet. We'll see. So there's that section. And then there's a third section, which is long-term committed relationships. Within the book, there is a kind of queering of astrology. So not necessarily gaying of astrology, but I'm not making assumptions that everyone's monogamous. I'm not making assumptions that everyone wants more than fucking. I'm not making assumptions that everyone wants sex at all, or that people are straight, or that they are gender, you know, binary people, you know. Um, So there's a way that I... um, I tried to make the book as much as possible reflect my, you know, 
my humanist ethics. Um, and so in each section, we, what I do is I talk about each planet. Uh, so we'll do the sun in the context of friendship, uh, and then sun through the signs, sun through the hoses. Uh, all of the planets, we do all the planets. Now in my private practice, I am obsessed with the outer planets. If I never talk about the sun again, that'd be fine <laughs> with me. I'm so bored by the sun. Um, and you know, I think the other planets are super important. Obviously I use them all the time, but I am obsessed with the outer planets because I'm obsessed with inherited trauma. So some of my favorite parts of the book are uh, the outer planets in the houses. Um, because that's some of my favorite stuff. Now, the outer planets in science is boring because it's a lot <laughs> of repetition, you know what I mean? But um, anyways, so it's part of what my hope for the book is, is it's a tool for professional astrologers to expand their understanding of how to use astrology in a way that addresses multiple identities and lived experiences. Um, for newer astrologers, astrology students, stuff like that, hopefully it's just like fun and you can flip to the thing you know, but it's still advanced because it's not like it was a really hard sell because people were like, well, I'm a Gemini. I want to go to the Gemini section. There's no Gemini section. Good luck with that. There's no Gemini <laughs> section. You have to find the planet and the house and the sign. And that is a little advanced to be like super bestseller material, but yeah. it's better astrology, you know. Um, and within that, my hope is that people understand the nuanced but meaningful differences between platonic relationships uh, relationships that are sexual and romantic, but not certain or stable. And then more Saturnine relationships where there is an express commitment or expressed intention. These are very different kinds of relationships. And so your, for instance, son is going to function incredibly different in the context of these things. And something that I think is really important with astrology, bear with me, because I have a lot of glasses, is I think you can look at something this way. Like you look at this, they are Cazals, Run DNC, uh, reissue, <laughs> they're sick. Yes, you love them. Okay, so that's what these are. But if you look at the exact same glasses from here, it looks different. When you see it here, it looks different. So what I'm trying to say is with astrology, something as basic as the planets and their aspect, their placements, if you look at it from a different angle, the angle of friendship versus marriage, you see it in a different way. It's the same thing, but it's important to shift your perspective. Again, I call that querying your perspective yeah. um, so that you can see it from a different viewpoint and then you can consult on varied interests and issues to varied people with varied identities and lived experiences. And from where I'm sitting, that is when astrology becomes useful. So that's my hope with the book. And I'm going to just show it to the people because I think it's super cute. It's so wow. cute. Isn't that pretty? <laughs> Isn't that pretty? It's like my, it's, it's actually, uh, they, they were very kind to match it to my logo right up yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then also I got to fight for, and let me see if I can just like pull it. Oh, it's color coded. I should have said that. It's like color coded for different <laughs> sections. But um, then also it's like we got emoji style illustrations <laughs> in it so i'm just obsessed with emojis just so you know like i'm obsessed with emojis so i'm i'm a big fan of the way it looks too but i will say one one more thing about the book mm -hmm. which is i fucking hate writing writing drains all of my life force energy oh my God. so i worked with somebody named t greenaway she's not an astrologer and i spoke the book to her and then we edited it together so I didn't write it. I mean, I spoke it. I didn't write it. You're welcome. Jessica, yeah. <laughs> I am doing 
I am doing that exact same thing at this moment. Oh my and, God. And I meet with the person who I'm speaking my book to every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday because okay. I just need an audience. I mean, yes. if I have an audience, I can talk for hours. So yes. we meet for 90 minutes every Monday, Wednesday, Friday for me to speak the book. And then I send those recordings to somebody else who writes the book. And then she sends that back to me and I edit the book. Honestly, that's the way to do it. I don't know what, what's up with all these, these chumps walking around writing books. <laughs> I hate writing. It's so bad. It's so, it's exhausting. I mean, I write a lot, but it's just exhausting. I, I, I had moments where I was like, am I cheating by speaking the book? And I was like, no, no. I'm living my damn life. I'm living my damn life. No. Uh, so yeah, I, I dislike writing, but I really enjoyed being able to speak it. And I'll say, you know, we, we had six months. That was like the whole process, six months. It was really quick and it was a massive amount of work. Um, and I do not miss the process. Wow. Yeah. 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 You're doing you. it right. Thanks. You're doing it right by doing 90 minute sessions. We would do like six hour days. It was awful. <laughs> it was truly fucking awful. Anyone who's like, oh, that sounds cool. It wasn't cool. It wasn't cool. Okay. It wasn't cool. Well, uh, yeah, it wasn't cool at all. Well, initially, initially we started off doing three-hour sessions, and then my muse slash assistant said to me, um, "You know, Michael, I have a really difficult time setting boundaries for myself." And I was like, "Oh my god, I'm like stealing your life force energy by, <laughs> <laughs> by expecting you to listen to me fucking talk for three hours straight." So then, so then I said to her, I was like, okay, so here's what we'll do. We will break it up into 90 minute sessions, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, so that you have a break, I have a break. And that I also have like three big chunks of work that I can send to the person who's writing so that I can feel good about actually paying someone to be writing this stuff. Yes. So that's so smart. It's so good. And I, I gotta say like, I think it's really valuable that we're fine, that we're using technology to find new ways of creating content so yes. that that thing that I'm so sorry, I forgot the name of the astrologer you were quoting that was like, you know, if you're in the trenches, you don't really have the time and energy to write a book. Gary, um, mm -hmm. Gary Yeah. The thing that Gary said is it's true, but like speaking a book makes it easier yes. um, for people like us, apparently. So yes. uh, like professional speakers, right? That's all we do <laughs> is like, blah, 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 blah. Uh, so yeah. So I think it's really great that you're, that you're doing that in, I think it's great that technology allows that. And I think it's worth naming something about technology because we're about to have the Saturn return of the internet. Yeah. Right. So, you know, let's, let's take a moment to be like, Oh, internet, you've grown into such a beautiful young woman. You know, <laughs> yeah, you're just, you're just nice. You're just taking care of us. So, um, so yeah, that's really, that's really great. It is, it is. And I think that both of us having such a strong Saturn influence already, like to speak is no problem. But if we were to really sit down for six hours a day to write, that Saturn that we love and cherish would completely just crush us. Oh, yeah. It's like editing every sentence as you go. It's a tragedy. Anyone who's super Saturnian like us will just know it's like all you want to do is edit. Saturn's just like, is that good enough? Did you say it weird? Whereas when you're speaking, you can kind of like be like, I'm just going to flow and, you know, hope it serves someone. With <laughs> writing, I can't do that. There's no flow. It's just like even the flow is Saturnian, right? Mm -hmm. oh. Do you have 12 house planets as well? I do not have 12th house planets, but no, no. I, I, have, a, I have a 12th house looking chart, but I don't have 12th house planets. <laughs> 
I respect that. I respect that very, very much. Yeah, it's, I think it's like, you know, for anyone who's listening, what's, what's important, I think, in part of like what you and I are sharing is that what we are, what we are doing is we're embodying our birth chart, you know? Yes. And I think it's really valuable to recognize that each individual's truth is going to be a reflection of their birth chart. So the next time you see somebody who has a different opinion about a shared goal or a shared value or a different approach to a shared goal, uh, don't take us a fucking personally. Don't be a jerk. We're all embodying our birth charts. I had somebody like freak out at me that I'm for voting. I'm very pro voting. I'm pro being engaged in democracy. I mean, even if it's a fake democracy like we have in the US um, and I and they got really mad and it's like honey you want me to stop being a triple Capricorn so I can agree with you best of luck yeah. I am a, I'm a child of Saturn I'm gonna work within the system and I have friends that are anarchists and that work outside of the system and I respect them and we just need our own ways it's okay you know yeah. um, and I think being able to to kind of use astrology as a way to remind us all that of course we're different and of course different people are going to have different ways of engaging like you and i are like ethics practice ethics practice don't be surprised we're saturnine like don't be surprised you know what i mean and someone else is going to have a really different take and it's going to be just as valid but it's going to be different because they're not saturnine so yeah. i think anyone who's listening who's not saturnine might be like oh shit am i doing it wrong <laughs> just do you you know what i mean like you're hearing our perspective and it's good for us um but it's not the only way, even though we both think we're right and we both have receipts to back it up. Whatever. There's lots of receipts. There's lots of ways of getting receipts. Find your way. Your way. That's my attitude about that. Jessica, this has been such a pleasure today to be able so to be here in this space with you. I mean, I'm, I'm so proud of everything that you've done and everything that you've become and all of the things that you're doing for the astrological community. And I mean, you're really holding a torch through social media and you're really holding a torch for all of our collective awakening in terms of the things that matter the most, in terms of social inequality and social justice, in terms of LGBTQIA rights, in terms of just standing in a gap and using astrology as a platform for advocacy and using astrology as a platform for giving voice to a lot of things that on the surface don't even seem astrological, but showing people how all of it is, is astrology, you know, all of it all ties right. in. Yeah. And, um, and so I'm, I'm really, really proud of what I've seen of you and how you've grown. And I'm proud of the book and I'm proud of the podcast. And I'm proud of the TLC show that we haven't even spoken about stargazing. I mean, um, <laughs> thank you. It's so, yeah. it's so kind. And I have so much respect and adoration of you too. I just, I love every word that comes out of your mouth. And I really just, you're really young and you've really taken this path that I feel so proud and impressed, proud of and impressed by, like you've done, I mean, not to be a narcissist, but I feel like I, we've walked a similar path. I'm just a couple years out of you uh, in terms of it, but like you've really done your paces and 
I think, you know, as a young person, you're still in your 20s, right? You're still mm-hmm. like 28, 29. Um, 28, 28. 28. Okay, sorry, not to age you yet. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, at 28, you really have done what a lot of people in your age group haven't been able to do or haven't chosen to do. And I have so much respect for it because you had the choice to not do it that way. You had the choice to just like fast forward through the, the, the like muck of studying and learning astrology properly and to just get to the point where you can impress people and you haven't done that. You really, um, yeah, you're, you're like leagues ahead of what a lot of people in your age group are and I have so much respect for that and I also love your show. So I want to thank you for that. Um, yeah, so I just, we have a total mutual appreciation society. Definitely. Now, Jessica, before we leave, please tell our viewers and listeners where they can find you everywhere, because I feel as if people need to follow you and listen to you everywhere. So where can we find you all across the interwebs? Okay, so uh, I'm not offering consultations right now. So let me just get ahead of that question. No, <laughs> you cannot get a reading with me. No, you cannot get on my waiting list. My waiting list is for uh, pre-existing clients only because I have to offer them something because they're mad at me. Okay, so there's that. Um, my website is lovelingado.com. My pod, and there's like a weekly horoscope. I have hella like podcast stuff I've uploaded and like video stuff I've done. And uh, I have a free chart drawing tool if you don't have like a chart drawing app um, or whatever. So, so there's like hella things you can do on my website. I have the podcast twice weekly. It's called Ghost of a Podcast. And my midweek episodes, I teach an astrological theme, um, like a, you know, aspects or houses or whatever. And then the, the weekend episode, I do a client, like a, a questioner reading and a horoscope, not a sun sign horoscope. I just go through the week's transit. So you really learn astrology by listening to the show. And it is uh, definitely uh, political and reflects my, my values around social justice and social injustice. So there's all that. Um, and also I'm on Instagram and Twitter. I'm at Jessica Lignato. If you look for me on Instagram and you just put in at Jessica Lignato, which best of luck spelling that. Okay. <laughs> uh, but if you do that, you'll see some asshole has like stolen my at Jessica Lignato. So on Instagram, I'm at Jessica underscore Lignato. But wow. bitch is verified. So you can find me. You know what I mean? I'm verified. Um, don't be impressed by me being verified. It's just capitalism. <laughs> Fuck capitalism. Slash also thank you. Twitter and Instagram don't unverify me. So <laughs> you can find me all over the damn place. I also have uh, the book. You can get it anywhere. It's an audio book, a paper book. Also, I have a free app for iOS called uh, Tiny Spark, and it's like a magic eight ball app. Um, but it says things like move the fuck on and like, uh, you already asked this question, stop asking. You know what I mean? Like it's a real talk. App. And I am working on an astrology calendar, like a transit calendar. Now that iAstro Daily is gone, um, I just... So, so hopefully I'll have that out by uh, the end of the year. So yeah, stay tuned. Sign up for my mailing list. <laughs> awesome. Jessica, I'm going to put all of your information down below Thank so that you. people can find you. And so that people, <clears throat> or people, what the fuck is people? Yeah, people, um, people. Yeah, people. <laughs> I'm going to cut that shit out. Um, <laughs> Thank <okay>. you. <laughs> um, <clears throat> Jessica, I'm so happy to be able to sit here in this space with you and I'm going to put all of your information down below so that people can find you and become a part of your own magic and momentum that you're building because, I mean, you are awesome and incredible at the work that you're doing today and I can't wait to see where this goes five years from now. I mean, you've been moving forward by leaps and bounds and just, you know, 
goddess speed to you, my sister, honestly. Thank you. You're the sweetest. I Thanks so much for having me. Thank you so much for this time. And right back at you. I mean, where are you going to be for your Saturn square? It's going to be bonkers. You know what I mean? I just feel like for you, but also for anyone else, 35 is really when it all begins. Like 35. Yes. You know what I mean? Like there's something really magical. And I can just tell at 35, you're going to like, it's going to be your own TV show. I don't know. Something, <laughs> something big is coming for you. So uh, we're all watching. We're all staying tuned. So thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. And to those of you who have joined us today, whether this is your 100th episode of the Truth of Nation podcast or if this is episode number one, I just want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart for you joining us week after week in this virtual astrological space. I receive your encouragement. I receive your feedback. I receive your, your everything. But most importantly, I receive your love. So once again, thank you for being here and do help us get the word out by not only liking this video, but also subscribing to the Oraculous Truth of a Nation podcast. Hit the notification bell and also share this podcast with your other astrological colleagues and friends and even people who aren't from the astrological community because more and more people need to know that these conversations are happening with astrologers like Jessica and other people who hold this flame within them around the world so until next time thank you for being here i love you be well walk good and talk to you soon bye-bye that was wonderful what is your book about wow what's your book about so the book is called